You know, I almost hate to bring this subject up considering it's March break and the kids are off school, but this is making some news and the classroom could change starting next year. The province set to announce this week, apparently, that cell phones will be banned. That's right, an outright cell phone ban in the classroom for all public schools starting for the 2019-2020 school year. Now, enforcement of that ban, they say, or the word is, sources say, would be up to individual school boards and the schools themselves. But is it really time to ban the cell phone from the classroom? Is it a distraction or is it a tool when properly used that can actually enhance the educational experience? Let's ask Dr. Charles Pascal. He is a professor of applied psychology and human development at the University of Toronto. And he joins us here in the MacArthur program on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dr. Pascal, good afternoon and thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure, Jeff. All right, let's talk about the uh, pluses, if we can, just uh, off the top, because I think, Charles, most students, when they hear about a cell phone ban, the first thing they think to themselves is, no, 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 don't take that away from me. It's a valuable resource. It's like I'm walking around with an encyclopedia in my hands. Uh, Is there any validity to that argument? Uh, There's a lot of validity. You want me to talk about the pluses? Uh, This is going to be a very short interview, because uh, asking a post-millennial, uh, to uh, to not have their cell phones handy, uh, you might as well ask them not to breathe. Right. I think, uh, I think this is a uh, this is an example of um, something where a government that's uh, not doing very well in terms of improving education uh, cherry picks something that seems to be a, a popular and a populist uh, no brainer. You know, cell phones are distracting, uh, but uh, you know, a good education is about adapting to individual differences. And the fact is that the kids today are multitasking. And for so many uh, uh, kids and young learners and all the way up to uh, post-secondary, multitasking is, uh, is a way of focusing. So, you know, we, 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 those of us who are a little bit older, uh, and including, you know, teachers, uh, they, they may think it's distracting. What I would suggest is that um, uh, we think more about how to incorporate uh, cell phones into interactive learning. You know, let's... Uh, let's talk about you know how a lesson can involve information retrieval using the cell phones. But okay. this notion of banning uh, cell phones is uh, a populist cherry picking to make it look as though the current government really cares about education. So this is nothing more than low hanging fruit, as far as you're concerned. It's an easy answer that because uh, you know we've heard from teachers from time to time uh, on this program, on this station, and others say that uh, I just can't get the kids' attention. I mean, this is worse than passing notes in a classroom when they're able to text back and forth with each other. That this is more of a tool of distraction. Yeah, I completely get. Um, I completely get the perspective from a teacher who's been around for a while. Uh, and is finding it distracting, um, and uh, I, 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 I totally get that. But uh, the, the flip side of it is uh, is uh, not to fight it, but to understand it, to understand that, you know, kids, I, I've got, uh, you know, my youngest is, is 24, but I've got uh, five grandchildren, um, and, uh, you know, three of them are all within the range of the kids we're talking about, and then, and their ability to multitask uh, is uh, is something that needs to be understood and embraced, rather than seeing it as a uh, as a distraction. So I, I get from a teacher's point of view, it's different than it used to be. Okay, but uh, let me interrupt and just ask you though: it doesn't yeah. stand to reason that uh, I would learn better with full focus. Uh, I know what you're saying that kids are better at multitasking than ever before and concentrating 
not only on two, but maybe three or four different things at one time. But if we had kids, if we had students to zero in on the lesson at hand, wouldn't that uh, enhance the learning experience? Well, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that so many of the kids we're talking about actually have their, their focus increased uh, because of multitasking. They're actually attending to something. They're not sitting there being bored. Uh, and I'm also advocating for uh, teachers to think about changing uh, how cell phones can be used, as I said earlier, in an interactive way uh, to, to make use of it. I mean, uh, first of all, um, New York City banned uh, cell phones in their schools a number of years ago, and last year they discontinued it uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, including the fact that it was uh, poorly implemented. So I just I just think it's, it's you, you know, you use the phrase, Jeff, low-hanging fruit. Uh, this is a buck of beer kind of announcement. <laughs> this has got the, the depth of understanding uh, of uh, a buck of beer and how popular that might have been to a small uh, percentage of the uh, uh, the population. All okay. I'm asking for is for people to raise the question, uh, are there ways to embrace it and understand more what's going on with post-millennial uh, learners? That's all. Okay, so what we need is a paradigm shift. We need a different way of thinking about these things. And once we do, you think that that will enhance learning, that uh, we'll have even better students? Because, and listen, we can sit here and uh, quibble about uh, standardized testing, but uh, that's one way in which, of course, we've uh, decided in this province to try to, I don't know, somehow ascertain uh, the value of uh, learning and how well our students are doing. And I think the testing shows that uh, students necessarily, right now anyways, even with cell phones in the classroom, aren't performing any better. Uh, well, they do. I mean, Ontario's uh, results are, uh, you know, there's work to be done in math and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, on, Ontario's, uh, the outcomes for, for students in Ontario's classrooms uh, are, uh, are, are doing pretty well. But obviously, there's always areas for improvement. But my point is, people have different, people of different ages have different learning modalities uh, that play to strengths that some of us who are different and older I don't recognize. So I'm all, all I'm doing is suggesting I'm a person of evidence, and there's not a lot of research on the important question you just raised. And and all I am trying to suggest is we need uh, to do a little bit of research to see if uh, the use of cell phones uh, can be used in a way that actually enhances learning uh, by building it in in an interactive way into what takes place in the classroom. But the notion of banning them, as New York City has found, it, it's not going to work. But it's a as you said, it's a low-hanging piece of fruit that the government can put out there because the popular view is uh, the view that I think a lot of your listeners would hold, which is, wow, it must be very distracting, and the kids aren't paying attention to learning, uh, when in fact a lot of kids are multitasking, and they're learning more because they're not bored. Okay, can I ask you, though, Charles, do you think that they're learning more when they've got cell phones in their hands and everything is just a, you know, a couple of Google clicks away that I can find an answer that you don't have to work that hard for it, that if you actually had to do so, some research and work for it, it's more likely to, to stay with you and you will learn the task or, or lesson rather than just a, a quick search on your smartphone? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, it depends on what the lesson is, but if, if, uh, if basically... Uh, more and more teachers uh, are using uh, what's taking place in preschool in Ontario, which is a play-based, curiosity-driven problem-solving uh, thing. And the teacher says, look, um, uh, what we're talking about here regarding climate change uh, has to do not only with uh, carbon emissions, uh, but are there issues related to how quickly you, you close 
um, you know, uh, carbon plants, carbon emission uh, uh, vehicles uh, on the social side of things. Can you find something that deals with uh, the consequences of, of shutting down uh, coal fire plants uh, in a medium-sized community? And the students go out and they, they, they use Google. I mean, using Google, uh, just like Encyclopedia Britannica back in the day, was, a, was an awful tool. <laughs> Basically, it, it taught people to take shortcuts. We need to teach uh, students more effectively on how to retrieve effectively information. And then you have an interactive discussion. So I think there's, I'm, I'm again, uh, back to my recurring uh, refrain is, I just think we need to do more research okay. on the important questions that you're raising. Just finally, is there anywhere you mentioned New York City tried to ban? We're looking at it now, apparently here in Ontario. Is there any jurisdiction or any city or area you know of that's kind of doing this right or is on the right path? Well, in my own, I, you know, look at I, uh, I, the amount of research I've done is uh, on this is uh, you know is, is pretty uh, pretty slim. That's why I think we need more evidence, but. I, I have looked online. Speaking of, uh, you know, using uh, you did a Google uh, search. <laughs> I, did, I did a Google search regarding. Uh, this is where I found out that New York has uh, has overturned their ban. Uh, but there's lots of jurisdictions where individual schools are actually embracing the use of cell phones as part of their pedagogical uh, approach to interactive learning and having the kids in full attention uh, because they're using their cell phones. Uh, directly related to what's going on in the class. So uh, is it pervasive? No, I don't know of uh, a jurisdiction that's doing this on a whole-scale perspective. It's just that whenever a government of any stripe announces something that on the face of it looks, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, I ask the, the question, how do we know? And, uh, again, I'm, I'm just a person of evidence. And I'm just raising these questions because I think it would be wise uh, to do a little bit of research. The context in which this is being done uh, creates a lot of skepticism on my part, only because the evidence about what they're doing in sex ed, uh, class sizes, uh, uh, tuition issues in post-secondary, right across the board, this is not a government that is showing uh, a deep uh, commitment to improving uh, publicly funded education in Ontario. So I, I see something like this, and it, it reminds me of a little bit of a, a populist kind of buck of beer. You see, we really care about education. So let's, let's just put it to the test, and let's have a discussion. That's the best part of a show like yours, Jeff, is that uh, there will be controversy. Um, any, anybody who responds to this interview, uh, I'll probably lose about uh, 10 to 1. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's have a discussion. Absolutely. We always appreciate the discussion. Charles Pascal with the University of Toronto. Charles, thanks so much uh, for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jeff.